Yeah, I think she likes me for the lights, camera action. Caught up in attraction. Tap to post a pick and she don't even need a caption. Looks through the talking, I was trying to be the captain. About to break a leg, need a aspirin. Met her by the bar, said she just got her diploma. Said she's into soca, so I guess she knows her culture. We was meant to link, but that was way before Corona. Hope our destiny's a child. I can be your soldier, maybe we could have a drink. Tell me what you think. We never had the label, but we were still in sync like the birds and the bees. The earth and the trees We was intertwined like words in the beat You was with me at my worst Just work with me please Looking at your perks and it's perfect indeed Had you for dessert, you deserve what you need Feeling like a bird who emerged to be free Found another bird, what a burst of relief Sticking to my words, you was birthed to a T So if we're talking stats, then you're 10 out of 3 I'm trying to stay forever, wasn't really trying to leave Cause when you lose a loved one, you know you gotta Hello and welcome to the Jazz Podcast. I am your host, Rob Cope, and today I am joined by Mr. DM from Blue Lab Beats. How's it going? Going very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. It's our pleasure. We've just had a listen to one of the tracks from your new album, Labels. Yes. Yeah, man, that that just makes me feel so good. What an amazing tune. Thank you. Thank you. Tell us a bit about your the tell us a bit about Blue Lab Beats then, about the project, the music, anything you fancy really. So yeah, um Blue Lab Beats. So it consists of myself, Mr. DM, the multi-instrumentalist and harmony composer, and also NKOK, the music producer, sound designer, and arranger and co-writer, and finger drummer as well (laughs) fantastic how did you two meet then how did this all begin yeah so um the way it all started the way we all met um it was in a youth center in north london it was opposite belsize park station and it's a place called whack arts so the whack um is basically wac and it stands for weekend arts college so that's the thing that's been going on for over 40 years and it's been helping young people. Like um, one of the organizers is a lady called Celia Greenwood, and she's been helping people for like over four decades. Like young people who in, in creative arts, like singing, dancing, engineering, all the creative stuff. And it was mainly for people who couldn't afford it, like crazy prices. So prices were really cheap thankfully for us and there was a lot of crazy talent up there like amazing people like Miss Dynamite used to go there like Courtney Pine used to go there um, Steve Williamson like a whole roster of different creatives it was it was amazing and I went there 10 years ago so the first time I went there was like 10 or 12 years ago and then I hear this kid playing beats in the lunch hall like 10 years ago and like he was 13 at the time so I'm hearing it. I was like, yeah, this is a bit crazy. So yeah, um, we bump into each other. And then literally the following day, we ended up getting in studio because we figure out we have the same taste for music. Like our own individual playlists are basically exactly the same. So that's how that's how it works, basically. And, and that's how um, the connection between the two of us is quite strong. And yeah, 10 years down the line, 10 years later, here we are right now. We've released um, 
our latest album on Blue Note Records. It's called Motherland Journey. And that's our third album. The second album being Voyage. That was in 2019. And the, our first debut album being X Over back in 2018. What an incredible journey over 10 years to have achieved yeah. so much. And this yeah. centre sounds incredible with, with the, like some of the... Like you're saying like like uh Courtney Pine and uh Miss Dynamite. That's that's quite a cultural background. What a place to, yeah. to get to spend yeah. some time. So what was it like when you first went into the studio? Did you immediately know what sort of thing you were gonna try and record, or you just like how does that work? I think like the first time I went in that studio, um always always had a good feeling about it. So we started out just um, just making music for the fun of it. And also, NKOKA was part of another band before. So we were producing for that band. And also, we were like making beats, making beats for ourselves and making beats for other artists. So we'll try and dish them out to different artists. Like maybe some of them wouldn't reply. And, um, and yeah, I think two years from that, I think that's when we decided to just become our own artists and make music for ourselves. So the format of our music is basically like hip hop, like electronic, like beat driven. And on top, we have all the sophisticated harmony, melodies and bass lines that you'd find in jazz music. But when you put that together, like that's what makes our sound, um, which is known as jazz tronica. So that's our genre name. That's sick. How do you learn about electronics? Because you, because it blow. It, I'm just so confused so easily. Like, how did you even like begin that journey? Yeah, I mean, it, I'm still learning about electronics to this day. I mean, just to watch him work, just to just be engineering, producing. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like, and he was pretty young at the time, so I'm like, well, even at that age, like. He could achieve so much. And I mean, my thing was just to like plug in my live instruments, just get my guitar and bass out and make something happen. Yeah. You guys played at Montreux Jazz Festival this year. Yeah. Yeah, we did. That was that was a lot of fun. It was really great. What's it like? What's the festival like? The festival, like out there in Europe, I think they have a higher appreciation for live music. Like, they just love it so much. The crowd were really engaged. Like, it's good to see so many young people and old just getting down to our music, just shaking their heads, shaking their whole bodies, just jumping and dancing. It was a really nice feeling. And what I like about that is their energy and our energy is a good exchange. Because, like, their energy makes me feel good. Like, it makes me feel like I want to give them more. just makes me more comfortable. Yeah, and that's why I, I enjoyed it very much when I was at Montreux as well. And also, um, after we did our set, there was a jam session after that, and then we all just got involved because we love music. We like to play. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. And Soweto Kinch was there as well. He was doing his own set. He's an amazing musician. He's a ridiculous saxophone player, and he's also a great rapper. Yeah, it was really fun to have him on stage. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, I yeah. never knew he could rap. That's incredible. Yeah. 
So how does a jam session work for you guys if you've got electronics? If, forgive me if that's a really stupid question, but I I want to uh, understand how how that is a thing. How it works. Yeah, I'm, I think like NKOK like, um, figured out on his own how to bring his instrument to a jam session. So, right. I mean, so when he tell you like he's a producer, you'd assume he's just only like studio bound. But then, like, seven years ago, I'd start taking him to jam sessions. And then he'd start absorbing that in. And then another thing is we both went to a place called Tomorrow's Warriors, which is oh. also an amazing place. Like, everyone yeah. went there. Yeah. Ezra Collective, Jarman Jones, uh, Nubar Garcia, like, all the people that make up this young new UK jazz scene. We all went to this one room downstairs in the South Bank Centre. Like, I went there, like, 10 years ago. And NK went there like seven years ago as well. And I think that's how he managed to apply his electronic elements into jam sessions. It's because he'd watch live musicians just improvise and just go crazy. And um, I think that's when he got how to apply his skills to a live setting. That's incredible. We had Gary Crosby on the show last year to talk about it. And it still blows my mind just how the, the, his impact on on london and the music scene is is it's like it's almost like immeasurable there's so many people that have been affected by tomorrow's warriors and had so many opportunities as a result of it when you were doing tomorrow's warriors were you playing an instrument specifically in those sessions yeah so yeah the first time i went to tomorrow's was like Twenty in, I went there um, as a drummer and pianist, and then I was playing guitar there as well. Um, whereas that was founded by Gary and Janine Irons as well, like Janine Irons' his partner. So yeah. they both founded Tomorrow's Warriors together, and I think that's been running since nineteen ninety one, something like that. But yeah, it was amazing. I met some crazy people. Like I met Charlie Stacy there, because Charlie plays with Yusuf Days nowadays. I also met uh, people like um, Sheila Gray. Um, Sheila's part of Coco Roco as well. She's an amazing band. Let's talk about what it's like in the studio. How much of the tunes do you write before? Like, no, nothing's noted, notated. Nothing's written on paper. But it's just, it's just done. Like the majority of our work is done in a, in the studio, and then. Maybe major things like strings, like a strings, like string section, that'll be recorded elsewhere sometimes. So um, going back to the song labels in particular, um, that's a four, that's four people playing strings. It's not an orchestra. So you think you think it's an orchestra by the way it sounds, but it's actually just four people. Is that so, like um, the guy who did it? Yes, overdub. Yeah. So the man's name is Tussy. Um, he's been working um NK's father for like years. And yeah, he's he's amazing. And you have um some trumpet and soprano sax on these tracks on the new album as well. Yes. So Tell us got, about you, Yeah. The people that you hear, um you got Poppy Daniels on Gotta Go Fast and Motherland Journey. So, like, she's a wicked trumpet player, she's amazing. And on, on the track Warp, so, and I'll be here for you 
on trumpet, you got Jackson Method, who's amazing. So me personally, I've played on some of his tunes on his own albums, and he's played on some of our stuff as well. And um, on the track Home, featuring Pittman, um, we got uh, Dylan Jones, also known as Young Future. He's just simply amazing. I met him at Warriors like 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. And then on sax, we have Kali Akinibi, who's just, just a beast. So he played baritone sax on Motherland Journey, and he plays soprano sax on I'll Be Here For You. absolutely sick i listened to that this morning yeah i've got a real secret like obsession with jackson method he's just an incredible guy i love his playing so much do you guys rehearse a lot before you've got a live show uh, yeah we we get together um we get home players just to see if they're available and we get together and can go quite well which is great and because we've been playing our tunes so much I mean, it's just natural. So, yeah. Oh, man. That's, and then have you got any plans for any future releases? I mean, I'm sure you do. Can you tell us any of them? Um, nothing quite yet. But um, It sounds really demanding, doesn't it? Like you've just released an album. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my but, God. Um, well, yeah, not, not to mention three albums, but yeah. Oh, also, I hear you. Um, yeah, also because... NK, okay, he has his own label called Blue Adventure, and he's just signed two artists. Um, one of them's called Eva Gad, and the other one's called Farah. And we both have produced both of these artists' EPs, and they'll be coming out soon. Oh, that's amazing. That's so exciting. Yeah. What does it involve for you producing someone else's music? So I think the way I look at it is. Um, I mean, how I personally look at um, each different artist is just like listening carefully to what they have to say and like seeing how I can use my like, skill set to help, like, to help out. Just like, just, so is like, it a middle ground, basically? Yeah. Is a lot of the work, like, as a producer, like when you're in the studio and you're trying to just sort of help the artist to get yeah. the music out, how they hear it? Yeah. Yeah, um, in the process of like creating it, it's mainly just about listening. Yeah, and just putting down what's right and stuff. Yeah, 
what I wanted to ask you, why is it, do you think, that, that people in Europe, you'd said, like, have a sort of better appreciation of live music? Like, is it because of, like, the voice on BBC One has, like, ruined everybody's brains? Um, I think it's because um, maybe uh, here in London, I think you pretty much have live music every day of the week, like jam sessions at least six days a week. Then, yeah, I think like maybe abroad, I guess um, maybe that doesn't happen as much. And I think for that reason, they want to go out and see live music because they don't have like jam sessions like six days a week. Maybe like, I don't know, like once a month or I, I'm not sure, but yeah. I guess um, jam sessions are less frequent out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mr. DM, thank you so much for coming on the Jazz Podcast. It's been incredible to talk to you about your music and the process. We're going to finish with another track. Let's have a listen to that. I'll be here for you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rob. You know, but